Shalom to all. Today we're learning Masechus Maestres Parak Aleph Mishnah Zayin and Mishnah Ches. And today's Mishnahs are being learned Lili Nishmas Maris Miriam Sarah Basar Biakav Maisha Her Nisham Mishnah Avnuliyah and Beschos Rachel Basar Var Yitol and Daniel Yezbran Spari Rachel Leishi Big Bench Mazar Shakayama Bekarav Mamish. And we continue talking about when we've reached Gemar Malacha for certain things. In this Mishnah, we're going to be talking about wine and oil. So let's focus on wine for a second. We've already spoken about Masechus Trumas how they used to make wine. They had a wine press, which was really just an upper part and a lower part. They would put the grapes in the upper part, step on them, jump on them, the juice would flow out, go through a pipe, and fall into the lower compartment. Once it was in the lower compartment, they would leave it there, they would let it ferment, and then at a certain point in time, they'd put it into barrels. So the Mishnah tells us, Hayayin, when we're dealing with wine, when is it that it's reached its Gemar Malacha? Mishay Kape. From when he skims the top, as this wine was fermenting in the lower compartment, so all the different pulp and the grape skins and the seeds and the stems and things that fell into the lower chamber would float to the top, and when he skims the top, that's considered Gemar Malacha. Now, Afal Pishakipa, even though he skimmed the top, he still had to take grape juice from the upper part of the wine press and from the pipe that brings it to the lower part. Mishaisa, and he's allowed to drink that Arai. That's because that hasn't yet reached Gemar Malacha. Now, moving on to oil. How would they make oil? So they would first take the olives, they'd crush them, and then they would put it into some sort of bag or some sort of wicker basket and then press them and squeeze all the olive oil out of them. The olive oil would drip through this bag or this wicker basket and go into into a container or receptacle on the bottom. So the Mishnah tells us, Hashemen, when we're dealing with oil, when is it that we say that it's reached its Gemar Malacha? Mishayered Luka. Once it goes down into that lower receptacle. Now, even though it did go down into this lower receptacle, Noitel Min Ha'akal, he's still allowed to take olive oil from the woven basket that they were pressed in. Umibain Hamamal, he's also allowed to take oil from in between the millstones that crush them. Umibain Hapatsim, and from in between the boards. And he's allowed to eat it in the Arai fashion because that hasn't yet reached its stage of Gemar Malacha. Moving on to other things that we're allowed to do with this oil, we're going to be focusing on cooking. As we had said in the introduction to yesterday's Mishnayis, once a person starts cooking with oil, that's already considered Gemar Malacha. Even though he might be outside in the field and he just wants to fry up a little snack for himself, so he might say, hey, that's considered Arai. Since he's cooking with this oil, that's already considered Gemar Malacha. But now the Mishnah says, He's allowed to take this oil and use it for chamita or tamchui. What's chamita? Chamita is a cracker that they take out of the oven, and while it was still hot, they would smear oil on top of it. Now, even though that oil is going to be boiling hot, it's not considered like cooking it, and that's not gemar malacha. Tamchui is a serving dish. They would take boiling hot food, put it in the serving dish. He's allowed to put oil in that serving dish, even though it's in a boiling hot dish, because it's not considered cooking it. He's not allowed to take this oil and put it into a pot or a pan when they're boiling hot, because then it's considered cooking the oil, and then that's considered gemar malacha. Nehabihuda tells us, He's allowed to put this oil into anything, even if it's boiling hot, even if it's a pot or pan. Unless the thing that's in this pot or pan has chaymets, which is vinegar, and sear is brine. Chaymets and sear, when they're in a dish, they cook something that's put into it very easily. So in such a scenario, even Rabbi Yehuda would say, no putting oil into this. Moving on to Mishnah Ches, continuing to talk about Gemar Malacha. Ha'igol, when we're dealing with fig cakes, and we've already learned multiple times that they would take figs and they would press them into some sort of cake-like thing. So when is it that this fig cake has reached Gemar Malacha that he's not allowed to eat from it in Arai fashion anymore? Mashiach Likenu, once it's smoothed out with juice to give it a shine, they would take some sort of fruit juice and rub it on the top of this fig cake and it would give it a nice shine. Once he does that, that's Gemar Malacha. 
Now, once we're on this topic, we have another halacha. A person is allowed to smooth out his fig cake with figs or grapes that are tevel. Now, we know that once something is tevel, which means it's chayv and meiser, a person is not allowed to use it at all. Over here, Tanakam is telling us that we are allowed to shine our fig cakes with figs or grapes of tevel. That's because the juice that's coming out that's giving it this shine is not really juice. We're not trying to use it for its juice, like fig juice or grape juice. We're just trying to use it to give it a shine and therefore it's not considered like using Tevel. However, Rabbi Huda Iser, Rabbi Huda Asr is us doing this because he considers this regular Tevel juice. Now we have a similar machlaikas between the Tanakam and Rabbi Huda. Hamachlik Banovim, someone who's giving his fig cakes a shine with grapes, loy hochsher, it was not machsher lekabotoma. This is also something we've had previously many times. We know that food cannot become tome unless it was muchsher lekabotoma, it was made susceptible to makabotoma. The only way to do that is by making it wet with one of the seven halachic liquids, grape juice being one of them. According to the Tanakama, taking this grape and rubbing it on the top of this fig cake to make it nice and shiny is not considered like he's putting grape juice on it and that it's moksha lekabotoma. It's still not moksha lekabotoma. Rabbi Hudaimer, Rabbi Huda says, hoksher, it is moksha lekabotoma. It could become tame because it's like he put regular grape juice on it. Now let's say this fellow doesn't want to make fig cakes out of his figs. He just wants regular plain old figs. Hagregrois, the person just had dried figs. When is it considered that it's reached Gemara Malacha? Misha Yadosh, once he presses them into a barrel, they would take these figs, take a stick, squish them into a barrel, and then that would be considered Gemara Malacha. Umagura, if he just wants to store them in a storage container, Mishia Agel, it's once he makes them into a nice round pile. Now let's say, Hayadash Bechavis, Uma Agel Bemagura. He's busy squishing his figs into this barrel, or he's busy putting them into this storage place, and Nishbra Chavis, Vinivchasa Magura. All of a sudden the barrel broke, or this Magura fell apart. The Tanakhama says he's not allowed to eat from them Aray anymore. Even though he didn't finish the job, he didn't finish putting all his figs into this storage thing, he didn't finish squishing all them into the barrel, he already started it, and there's already considered like a marmalach over there. However, Abyesi Matar, Abyesi allows him to continue eating from them Aray, that's because he didn't finish the job, so there's no marmalach yet. But we don't pass on like Abyesi. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow with Barak Bays, Mishnah Aleph and Bays. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.